My name is Elon Heimoff, and I'm a partner in the department head of the Profit Participation Group here at GHJ. Welcome to our special podcast, which will focus on the impact of the labor dispute in the film and television industry on the community and how the NPTF, which just for everybody to know, is the Motion Picture and Television Fund, how it's responding to support those in need right now. With me today uh, is Bob Beecher, President and CEO at the Motion Picture and Television Fund, who recently issued, and I wanted to make sure everybody gets a chance to, to look it up, uh, the open letter to the entertainment community about the ongoing crisis and the need for help and support needed. It was reported that the MPTF already, and this is as of a few weeks ago, I think, maybe even more now, already granted nearly a million dollars in financial assistance to the industry workers since the Writers Guild went on strike back in May, followed obviously by second and after um, a couple of months later. So welcome, Bob. Thank you, Elon. It's good to be here. Uh, as they say uh, at funerals, uh, wish I was seeing you under different circumstances. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. I actually wanted to find out if there's any update with respect to the amount, the, the granted amount that was that was actually mentioned in your open letter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are uh, well over a million now on our way to two million. Um, and we're not the only agency granting financial assistance. So that is not, you know, anywhere near the magnitude of total financial assistance that's been granted to actors, writers, and what I would call crew uh, in our industry during this period of time. Uh, to put it in perspective, we would typically pre-strike, pre-5-1-2023, get around 20 calls a day from industry members, working in retired industry members, looking for some sort of assistance from MPTF. And probably half of those were about financial assistance, but other calls were about living on our campus or other programs that we have. So 20 calls a day. Uh, starting really in July, when the Screen Actors went out, we started getting 200 calls a day. Uh, and uh, that has sustained through today. So anywhere between 100 and 200 calls a day. I think in total since July 1st, we've gotten 6,500 calls. Uh, and those ninety percent of those calls were bad financial assistance. So it's, you know, we're still getting the living on campus calls and stuff, but as a percentage, they are much much smaller, and they are calls of true desperation. And, yep. you know, and that's what actually I wanted to see if maybe you could share a couple of examples of the types of calls. Uh, we don't have to see share names or, yeah. or personal yeah. information, but yeah. give us give us a little more yeah. about those types of calls coming in. Yeah. So that you know, they fit into a few categories. I mean, they all desperation is the overarching theme, but they are people who are uh, at the risk of eviction. So you know, we're giving out fifteen hundred dollar grants. People haven't worked. You know, writers started May first. The truth is, the industry was very slow even at the beginning of the year. So a lot of our crew work sporadically through May 1st and then not at all since then. The average rent in Los Angeles is $3,000 a month. 
So if you think of a $1,500 grant, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to solve a lot, but it's, you know, it may keep people in their homes for a little while longer. So, you know, rent eviction, um, mortgage foreclosure, people who are already living in their cars, people who have been evicted and have moved in with friends and family. So you have that, that, you know, one thing, another thing, believe it or not, is food insecurity. Uh, we had a uh, member who has lost 40 pounds since the start of the strike because he reports some days he has to choose between feeding his kids and feeding himself, um, which, you know, which is just hard, hard choice to imagine. And, you know, particularly one that's been, this isn't the Ukraine, this is Los Angeles, and it's a writers and actors, right? But that's the truth of it. We have people who have lost their health insurance. So, you know, if you belong to a union, you've got to hit certain thresholds of hours worked every six months to stay on the health plan. And obviously, if you're not working for months at a time and maybe work sporadically before then, you're not hitting that. The health plans have provided some flexibility, but a lot of people are falling off their health plan. You know, there's no greater stressor to these folks than, you know, losing their health insurance for themselves and their family. So we have a we have a plan, nav navigator, and we have some additional funding for people to pay their insurance premiums, but it's loss of health insurance. And then you've got, you know, people who have disabled children at home who had caregivers, people who are paying for parents, caregivers. So you've got all of these, you know, I don't think any of us would call them discretionary spending, but, you know, spending outside the four borders maybe of what most of us think about in our budgets that are being impacted. People who can't pay school loans, people who can't pay medical bills. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot of imagination or creativity to know, you know, what happens to folks when they have no income. Right. No, no. I And, and it, these are definitely desperate times for, for yeah. quite a few people. And, and I was astounded by the statistics that you now have yeah. 10 times the usual rate, it sounds like, uh, on a daily basis. Now, I want it, and again, I don't, not, none of us really can predict the future, but um, <laughs> we're reading it, articles, we're watching what is uh, going on both at the studios uh, and across, I would say, the broader market, not just entertainment, where right. this impact is is quite astounding how far it goes right it goes beyond yes. just writers and actors what i wanted to get a sense from you is just from the best information you have in front of you how worse could it get uh, <laughs> as we look to the future i don't know if you're hearing that from contacts yeah uh, and, I, and i say that not because i i, I almost hope for a resolution sooner than later but we also need to prepare for the worst yeah. right how far can this go on and you even mentioned, uh, I think, within your open letter that even if it's resolved, then you still have another ramp up period, which means that it's going to go on for a few more months yeah. after that. So how how yeah. far and how why do you think this is going to get? Yeah, so it's a great question. The optimist in me 
wakes up every morning and says, we are a day closer to getting the strikes resolved. Every day is a day closer. Pessimist in me says, these folks aren't even meeting. I'm sure there are some back channel communications, but you know, I think all of us have enough experience in this world to say, hey, you're not going to get something done like this until you get some people in a room who have the authority to you know make decisions and lock them in there until it's finished. That's not happening. That doesn't lend a lot of optimism to me. There are, and I, you know, I don't want to take sides on this, but there are some, th these aren't issues like in the past, like, you know, we want to give you 3%, you want 7%, you know, we are only willing to go, go up to four and then it goes on and on forever. And then finally, you know, some genius walks into the room and says, you know, hey, grow up, both of you, it's going to be 5%. These are much more nuanced and complicated issues. They're all related to the industry being in a real inflection point in terms of broad, you know, the death of broadcast television or the slow decline of broadcast television, what that means to writers who are used to writing on 22 episode series, much fewer of them, streaming residuals, blah, 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 blah. So they're, they're very complicated, nuanced, and this could go on for a long time, longer. Um, and yeah, to, to the point I made in that letter, even if you imagine them getting resolved, there is a period that each of the guilds has to go through where, you know, the deal that the negotiating team made has to get approved by the national board, then has to go to the... Uh, voting members of the guild, they need a certain period of time by, you know, regulation to consider it and vote, votes get counted. So there's this, you know, two week, three week lag. Uh, you've got two guilds, they're talking to the WGA, they're not even talking to SAG at the moment. <clears throat> so you've got all of that going on. And then you've got, you know, now we're in mid, you know, the beginning of September, you've got the holidays looming, you know, people are, aren't going to want to, maybe they're going to want to finish things that are in production, you know, the sets are built, the stages are empty, they can stand them up pretty quickly, but no one's going to want to get something started and then have this, you know, two week holiday hiatus. So I think we've now, you know, once you got past Labor Day, we're really at a point where you, if things get resolved, production won't really resume in force until the beginning of next year. And then standing in the way of all of that, just to make it a little more complicated, is you've got, you know, you have a big logistical nightmare. You have stages that are hosting one series, but booked for uh, something else that something else can't come in until <laughs> the existing series finishes. You've got talent that, you know, they book themselves by a calendar that has now been totally disrupted. So, you know, someone may be in the middle of a series and be booked on a film and the film can't start unless that person is available. So that's going to get put, you know, and then you've got to like, okay, the star is not available until April. Everyone else on that call sheet now has to be re 
rescheduled to make sure that they're available in April, not January. So it's very complicated logistically, which just means coming. It's not going to be like the pandemic where we kind of came out of the gate. No one had worked. Everyone was ready to go and production ramped up. This is going to be a slow ramp up while these logistical issues get resolved. So it's not, I'm not uh, depicting a uh, encouraging scenario, but I think it's realistically where we are. Yeah, yeah. So, so this just simply means uh, that perhaps more assistance. Yeah, uh, the pain is going. To, the pain is going to go on uh, for the people yeah. who are helping for months. For months. No, no. And, what I'm saying is we're really trying to raise enough money right. to give these people a second round, a third right. round. So as I said, fifteen hundred dollars. It goes pretty quickly. You know, one of the things that MPTF does that most agencies don't do is that we require the grantee to provide us with a monthly budget. And then we go through their most recent bank statement to look at how they're spending their money. And then we work with them to say, hey, look, you know, we understand you owe your landlord. Of that 1500 offer him 600 just to, you know, reduce the pressure a little bit. Take another 300 and offer it to the car company, take another, you know, so we work out strategies to make that $1,500, you know, last as far as we can. But in the end, people are going to have their hands out. And, and oh, agreed. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the other point quickly that I'll make is, you know, during the pandemic, we, these are the same issues people had, right. But there was enhanced unemployment and there were, you know, rent moratorium, rent eviction moratoriums. There were all these programs in place to protect people. You know, you could move your mortgage payments to the back end of your mortgage. You could not pay your, you know, college loans, all that stuff. They were all kind of in place. This is just a very local issue. Uh, the state of California is not going to do enhanced unemployment for this small group of people. No one is going to do rent moratoriums. So these are all these issues that kind of got fixed a little bit during the pandemic are exposed at the moment. Yeah, but that leads me really the most important question is, as I think both of us agree, that there's probably an anticipation of a multiple of the number of calls coming in. Uh, in, in fact, uh, the snowball effect probably may come sooner than later where more and more calls are coming your yeah. way yeah. for help. And the key question is, how can anyone listening to this podcast yeah. across our film and television industry, whether it's people, whether it's companies, how can all of those help now to support the MPTF in its initiative to help all of those in need right now? Yes. Well, thank you for that uh, <laughs> question. You know, so the, the the easiest way to do is go to mptf.com backslash donate and you'll see it'll, you know, steer you. Um, you know, I, I say this, any donation is is welcome and is a positive. You know, we've told people we're doing $1,500 grants. So get together with a bunch of friends or your company and, you know, create a $1,500 grant for someone. You know, if you love film and television, if, you know, that's what you do when you go home at night, then just consider that, you know, from my point of view, for everything you're watching, 
and you're seeing six actors doing something, there are 300 people on that set doing the crew's work. They get paid the least, they travel the furthest, they work the hardest, they arrive earliest, they leave latest. They are the people that the directors and the actors and everyone else rely on to get this thing done. And they are the people who are hurting the most. They're really the you know unheard from because they're not, they don't have writers talking about them. They don't have screen actors talking about them. They're cinematographers or camera assistants, they're editors, they're grips, they're costumers, they're prop people, they're carpenters, they're you know, all the people who make production possible. And if we don't have them, then we're screwed. I've been returning a lot of these calls. And the one thing that I hear from these members is, I'm out of here. I can't continue working in this industry. I can't do this to my family. I can't do this to myself. It's too unreliable, too unpredictable. I don't get paid enough to not work for, you know, get shut out for five months. I'm moving to Arizona, I'm moving to New Mexico, you know, whatever, moving out of state. And we can't create the programming that we all love, the film and TV programming, without really talented, hardworking crew members. They are the heart and soul to me of this industry, and they need everyone's support, everyone's support. That's really the drum, you know, the drum that I've been beating and the organization's been beating we help writers and actors, but they also have others helping them with big grants. It's really these crews who need to be helped. Well said, Bob. I think this is this is um, a call, I think, for action. Uh, definitely, we're, we're hoping to share this message uh, across um, our network of connections in this industry, which... So appreciative. It's definitely in the thousands. So thank yeah. you, Bob, for, for taking a few minutes to talk to us you so bet. we can carry the message. Yeah. Thank you. Open your hearts, open open your wallets. This is the time to to be a little generous. Okay. Or a lot generous. Right. <laughs> thank you again. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much, Elon. <laughs>